Hello and welcome to the Sincere Yogi Podcast, a podcast for yogis just like you who are seeking more from their yoga practice that you can't get in your average studio class. My name is Sarah and I'll be your host. Hello, yogis, and welcome back to the podcast. I know it's been quite some time since I've shown up and shared in this space, so I wanted to let you know about a few of the things that I've been up to over the last several weeks. Most recently, I started teaching classes for Insight Timer. Now, if you don't know what Insight Timer is, it's a free yoga and meditation app that allows teachers to pre-record guided meditations, courses, and perform live virtual classes. These live classes are 100% donation-based, making them super affordable and super accessible to all walks of life. The classes are all levels, and I teach a variety of styles of yoga classes. So if you've been looking for a way to practice with me, I'll link my Insight Timer profile below so you can see the list of upcoming classes that I have to offer. On top of the Insight Timer classes, I also created my very first digital masterclass bundle. If you've ever heard about the practice of yin yoga, wanted to dive a little deeper into the benefits and philosophies, my yin yoga masterclass bundle is for you. This masterclass bundle comes with a 33-page ebook and practice guide, breaking down some of the yin yoga postures and their benefits, going over the history, the philosophy, and the energetics of the yin yoga practice. On top of the ebook, you will also receive access to three yin yoga practice videos, a 90-minute full-body flush yin yoga sequence, a 60-minute sequence, and a 30-minute sequence that you can practice along with anytime. So if you're interested in learning more about the benefits of the yin yoga practice, I'll link my yin yoga masterclass bundle in the description below. And now let's get on to our very next topic of the Sincere Yogi podcast. If you've been following along with the podcast throughout its entirety, which we're now on, I believe, episode 10, then you know that we've been on a journey about the eight-limbed path of yoga, focusing on the very first limb, the yoga yamas. We've already talked about the purpose of the yoga yamas and each individual yoga yama in depth with its very own episode. So if you missed out on those episodes, I highly recommend backtracking so that you can be fully caught up for the very next limb of the yoga practice, and that is the niyamas. While the yoga yamas are considered morals or ethical codes of the yoga practice, the niyamas are considered mental restraints or disciplines. Now this can get a little fuzzy, And this is why the yamas and the niyamas are often paired together in teaching. But it is important to keep in mind that the yoga yamas are the first limb of the practice and the niyamas are the second. So when I like to look at the yamas and the niyamas, 
I view the yamas as more of an external practice, more about your relationship with others and the world around you, whereas the niyamas I like to view a little bit more internal. The niyamas are how you choose to show up mentally for yourself and how you bring that mentality to the external world. Now, of course, they are very similar in their practice. They are very challenging to get a deep grasp and understanding of. And as always, these are principles that we will refer to time and time again. We'll mess up on practicing these principles, we'll learn, and we'll move forward each and every single time. So as we dive deeper into the practices of the yoga niyamas, it's important to bring a sense of humility, a sense of grace, knowing that you're not perfect. These are considered practices. You will mess up and you'll learn from those mistakes. If you don't give yourself that room for error, then there's really no room for growth in the end. We must explore these practices in a way that's going to allow us to feel comfortable making mistakes so that we can learn, be better, and move forward. And with that, let's dive into the very first niyama. The very first niyama is saucha, meaning purity, and often referred to as cleanliness. Now, when we look at the yoga asana, when we look at the act of pranayama, breath work, when we even look at something like meditation, we can already start to see where this idea of purity comes in or cleanliness comes in. Oftentimes, the physical practice becomes a cleansing practice of body, mind, and spirit. We're physically removing toxins within the body. Mentally, we're focusing and letting go of that clutter or chatter. We're clearing out our mind. We're cleaning our mind. And we can be doing the same energetically as well. Even looking back at the practice of the yoga yamas, when we look at ahimsa, non-harming, at the act of not lying or truthfulness, these are all ways to keep our karma pure. And this is why it's so cool that saucha is the first niyama because it starts to put into practice or put into perspective rather what we practiced with the yoga yamas and it starts to guide us into where our practice is going. But let's look at some ways that we can focus on the practice of saucha specifically. Now, on a very physical surface level, we can start by keeping a clean and clear space. What does this mean? This can be different for everyone. We all come from different walks of life. But things like decluttering your surfaces, clearing your bookshelf, cleaning out your closet, getting rid of old things that you no longer need or use, and of course, staying on top of it with the dishes, the laundry, all of those not-so-fun chores. Now, this is going to look so different for everyone, and that's because we all come from different walks of life. So if you're a mother of three toddlers, then your practice of saucha is going to look different than a young professional living alone with no pets and no roommates. That idea of cleanliness and declutter is going to be totally different. So maybe your practice of cleanliness around the house is your bedroom. 
Maybe you keep your bedroom that one super clean, decluttered, clear sanctuary. Or maybe your practice of saucha and cleanliness is staying on top of the dishes, picking one chore that you can do to really focus in on. And this goes for everyone who may not have the best cleaning and organizing habits. Pick one small thing that you can do, and once you feel you've gotten into that habit and you can perform it pretty regularly and stay on top of it, then you can slowly start adding on more and more. It's so easy to let these seemingly simple tasks fall to the wayside, and I get it where you're like, okay, but what does cleaning my house have to do with practicing yoga? Well, when we have a super cluttered space, when things are disorganized, when we can't find what we need within a moment's notice, this adds stress, anxiety, we come home to a messy space after a long day of work, and everything just seems to be a little too much to handle. It adds a lot of distraction into your life and a lot of mental anguish because you're constantly surrounded by all of your to-dos, and it can be a little overwhelming knowing where to start. So when we declutter our space, it also helps to declutter our mind. How good does it feel to sit on your couch after you spent the whole day cleaning your house? You sit on the couch, you soak it all in, and you feel so clear-headed because your space is taken care of. And that's really what we want to try to do. We want to take care of our space so that we can better take care of ourselves. And that brings us to our next little portion of Saucha and bringing the practice of Saucha to our own mind and our own body. Now, of course, Saucha being purity or cleanliness— Things that we can do to practice saucha are staying up on our hygienic routines, brushing our teeth, taking showers, the practice of Ayurveda, which is the sister science to yoga. If you want to learn more about Ayurveda, I'll link my blog post about Ayurveda below. But Ayurveda has all of these sort of routines or self-care habits depending on your body type. So things like dry brushing or oil pulling for your teeth, oiling your hair, all based off of your personal body type so that you can stay in physical and mental balance. Now, when it comes to physical balance as well and the idea of saucha or cleanliness, we of course have to talk about diet. Now, I don't want to perpetuate any false information regarding diet here. And I think just like ahimsa can kind of perpetuate this pedestal of veganism or vegetarianism, saucha can put this idea of eating clean on a pedestal as well. And this is where things can get a little misconstrued, and we don't want people to go to the extreme here. Ayurveda looks at your diet, your lifestyle, and your personal body and mental type, or your dosha. Now, your dosha will determine certain foods that are more easily digested by your body, certain foods that are more aggravating for your stomach, and let you know how to prepare and mix foods together for optimal digestion so that you can stay in balance. What Ayurveda doesn't do is say that you can't or shouldn't eat a certain food. 
It's all about how you pair the food, when you eat the food, and how you prepare the food so that your body can digest it to its best ability. So following an Ayurvedic diet for your personal dosha is in line or in practice with not only ahimsa but also saucha or cleanliness because when we're eating the most optimal way for our personal body type, we avoid things like ama or stuck food, stagnant energy, undigested food that can leave us feeling a little unwell. This stuck ama does not align with the idea of saucha or purity. So by listening to your body, eating foods that are nourishing for your body, but also easy for your body to take in and convert to energy, is a great practice of saucha. But what this doesn't mean is that we have to stop eating foods that we enjoy just because someone said they're not good for us. Just make sure that as you take in your food, you're listening to your body and we're helping our body function at its most optimal capacity that it can. And not only does this help your body function at its best capacity, but on an energetic level, it also ensures that we're actually able to create healthy energy from the food that we're taking in. If we're eating food that our body can't digest, food that maybe upsets our stomach, then our body's not actually digesting some of the nutrients that make that food so good for you. So we want to make sure that our food is fueling us energetically, physically, and also socially. So make sure that you're allowing yourself to enjoy the process of listening, honoring your body, and giving yourself what you need. Now, one of the coolest aspects of Saucha is that if you are someone who came to the yoga practice through the asana, you've already been practicing Saucha, whether you know it or not. The physical practice of yoga is a great way to cleanse the physical, emotional, and energetic body as well as your mind. So the idea of Saucha has already been in practice, whether you've been intending to this whole time or not. Now, when we talk about Saucha on our yoga mat, there's a few things that are going on. First and foremost, we can bring Saucha in by keeping a clean and clear space. So cleaning your yoga mat, cleaning your props, wearing clean clothes, bathing yourself before you practice so that you can dive a little deeper in your physical cleansing process. And then we have the cleansing or the purifying of the mind where we focus on our breath, on our postures, and this helps take us out of our mind into our body and lessens our internal distractions through our own mental selves. Now, of course, during practice, it's very easy to get distracted. It's very normal to have thoughts in your mind, and it's very normal to sort of run away with those thoughts. But even if you do get distracted, you can still start to practice saucha through the practice of pratyahara, which is a later limb in the yoga practice. But the idea of pratyahara is super important when it comes to the idea of a pure mind. Because before we can get to this state of sort of effortless thoughtlessness, we first must have to recognize when we are distracted by our thoughts in the beginning. 
when we start to run away with the stories that we tell ourselves with our worries, when we start to attach to these physical sensations or these thoughts and behaviors, that's where the practice of purity or saucha first happens in regards to saucha being a mental discipline. We first have to recognize we've run away so that we can make the conscious decision to come back. And this recognition and bringing ourselves back every single time we catch ourselves is when we start to make a more present and clear head a more consistent reality. So the practice of pratyahara, of withdrawal from the senses, of bringing yourself back from distraction, is also a practice of saucha. And it is one of the very first mental disciplines that will bring this overall purity or equanimity of the mind over time. And this is really where you start to see the practice of saucha coming in full circle. We start to see how the yamas start to clear our karma, start to clear our mind of those distractions. You start to see how the physical asana is detoxifying your body, letting go of stagnant emotions, energy, and we start to see where the idea of purity and equanimity comes into play and where we're going as we reach those higher meditative states of mind. And this is why it's so important to keep the yamas and the niyamas separate in their practices because already we can see how deep jasaucha is in comparison to some of the yamas that seem a little more simple in their approach. Now, none of it is simple. It's all challenging, and that's where that humility and grace comes in. But as we move along to the later limbs, we're diving deeper and deeper into the practice itself, going from the external, the physical, into that more internalized mental, emotional, and energetic practice. There's so much to be said about this idea of purity, of cleanliness, and like I said, Saucha will be brought up time and time again in future conversations in these next few episodes, or a handful of episodes rather, regarding the eight-limbed path. So as you move forward with these practices, I highly recommend that you do some type of deep dive, some type of documentation on your experiences moving forward with the practice of the yamas, the niyamas, how they've affected your life, how they play off of one another, and how they're affecting your personal yoga practice. So with that, I'm going to leave you today because we've already talked a lot about saucha and we're only going to deepen this conversation as we go, but we've still got four other niyamas to get to. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode regarding the idea of saucha, of cleanliness, of purity, and you've gotten a little bit of an idea of how you can bring this practice into your everyday life and your personal yoga practice. As always, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast episode, please consider leaving a rating, subscribe, follow. I highly appreciate everything that you guys do to show your support for my journey, for this content, so that I can continue to show up in these spaces and share what I'm learning with all of you. 
Thank you for joining me on the Sincere Yogi Podcast. If you want to deepen your yoga and meditation practice, check out my workshops and masterclasses on the Playbook app or join my guided meditation series on Insight Timer. If you just want to stop by, say hi, and see what's up, you can find me at The Sincere Yogi on Instagram.